you're listening to the Elevate You with Rebecca podcast. I am so happy you're here because that means that you are about to start elevating your life in ways you never imagined. I am your host, Rebecca Kiger. I'm a master mindset and high performance coach, as well as a financial advisor of over a decade. I've been studying the differences between successful and unsuccessful people for all these years, and I'm going to be diving into all of the things on this journey together. This podcast is a combination of mindset, spirituality, strategy, and encouragement that will have you reaching new heights in no time. If you're looking to elevate your finances, relationships, mindset, and health, then this podcast is for you. I'm going to show you all the ways to master your mind so you can create the life that you desire. Because once you learn how to do that, truly anything is possible for you. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Elevate You with Rebecca podcast. I am so excited because I have my very first guest of the podcast on today. And it is no coincidence that it is one of my best friends, my soul sister. We call each other cosmic co-pilots. We know we have met in other lifetimes and we are just so connected and we met in a crazy way, which only God could have made happen. And so we know we were meant to be in each other's lives. So in today's episode, Victoria Kleinsman is going to share with you guys how to use body confidence, self-love, and food freedom to elevate your life in the areas of relationships, finances, and more. You will want to stay tuned because we dive into all of the things. She gives real tangible tips for you to use to show up more confidently in your life and with others in your relationships and with clients in sales settings in all of the things. So you'll definitely want to stay tuned. Let's dive right in. All right, good. So hello, hello, Victoria. How are you? Hello, Rebecca. I am so great. Thank you. How are you? I'm amazing. I'm so excited that you're here. I feel better now that you're here too, because every time I'm in your presence, it's just like, the best ever. So (laughs) I know our audience is going to feel that as well, um, feel your energy throughout this conversation. And I can't wait for them to experience that. So I would love to start. Well, first, before we do that, you're my very first guest on the Elevate You with Rebecca podcast. (laughs) I feel very honored. Um, Thank you. You're welcome. I'm so excited. You're just like my soul sister, my cosmic co-pilot, the whole thing. And I'm like, there's nobody better to have on here first. So so I really appreciate and receive that. Thank you so much. You are so welcome. All right. So I want to do just a couple icebreaker questions so that uh, our listeners can get to know you a little bit more. So I've got a few questions before we dive in. Is that all right with you? I am ready. All right, let's do it. Okay. So what is your favorite food? Chocolate. Chocolate. I knew that. <laughs> okay. Uh, what's your spirit animal? An eagle. Oh, why? You know, I've always been obsessed with birds of prey, even before I kind of learned about spirituality. And, you know, even before I fell into personal development, 
and throughout my spiritual and personal development journey, whenever I've kind of asked for a sign and I'm out walking, honestly, Rebecca, it's so beautiful and divinely timed. There's always a bird of prey. I mean, not like an American eagle, right? Yeah. <laughs> I'm in, well, I'm in the Netherlands, but I'm English. There's always a bird of prey that shows itself to me. Wow. So, and I just love the eagle, like that kind of bird of prey, kind of the free, but then the powerful. So yeah. Oh, I got chills. So I love it. I love it. All right. What is your dream vacation? My dream vacation is to go somewhere like Thailand that is on my bucket list because I want to do all the things I want to explore, experience the culture, and then maybe end with like a beach relaxing massages all the things so yeah I would say Thailand for maybe like three weeks yes oh you would have to go for like a long period of time (laughs) have you been how long the flight no god no no how long do you think the flight would be for you oh I don't know you know I'm really awful at geography maybe like 12 hours yeah yeah see I'm like a little afraid on the planes for that long for that long but hopefully things will start opening up here soon and we'll be able to We'll be able to go. All right. What is your favorite quote? Oh, now you put me on the spot because I have so many. Okay. <laughs> My intuition has told me one straight away. And I, and I know I've shared this with you before. It's by Brene Brown. And she says, mm. why are we all hustling so hard for our worthiness when all we have to do is claim it? Mm. Can I say that again? Why are we all hustling so hard for our worthiness when all we have to do is claim it? Uh, I get chills every time. I love that quote. The first time you told me that, I was like, just blown away. Like mic drop. (laughs) Mic drop, just that's it. Like stop hustling for your worthiness. Okay, last one. If you could have lunch with anyone living or past, who would it be and why? you because (laughs) I need that from the bottom of my heart because listeners like it's probably obvious by now that me and Rebecca are like indeed soul sisters we've never physically met in person we have met in many lifetimes before (laughs) and honestly Rebecca I would absolutely love to meet you in person and have the deep conversations that we have every day you know without even recording a podcast when we're just chatting Mm. it's never just chatting yeah no it isn't (laughs) we go way deep oh I love that and I wasn't expecting that and honestly the reason that I didn't expect it is because I literally feel like we've met like you know I just I know we haven't but as close as we are it doesn't even like cross my mind that we haven't physically met like you're so you just mean so much to me and it's like how you know we've never even met so cool uh okay well thank you for doing that I know I put you on the spot but um you had some amazing uh, and I love that quote like literally live by that so thank you for sharing that all right well I am so excited to have you here and this podcast is all about elevating right and getting to that next level in life and so I would just love for our listeners to know a little bit more about you. So just tell us before we dive into how you help people elevate their lives. Um, mm-hmm. Tell us a little bit about you. Um, who are you and how do you help people? Absolutely. So I'm Victoria. My business name is Victoria Kleinsman. I'm not married yet. So that will be my married surname. So, you know, manifesting it already into reality. 
I'm engaged, I'm halfway there. Um, so you know me everywhere as Victoria Kleinsman. And I help high achieving women to heal their relationship with food and their bodies. And the reason I'm so passionate about what I do and the reason that I've dedicated my whole life to doing this is because I've been there and now I'm like through it and out the other side and living in self-love and body freedom and food freedom. Like I need to share this with women mm. who are struggling because, you know, from experience in 20 years of negative body image, like I've been anorexic and I've had binge eating disorder, all the things, you know, everyone has their own story. And I've tried everything. Like I, if you name a diet, I've, I've done it if you know you know and I can laugh about it now I've done everything and all that happened from all these diets I was doing I was learning how to hate myself more I was learning how to lose self-trust because of course when you promise yourself you're going to start a diet tomorrow and you mean it with every single ounce of your being this time it's going to be different and then you fail like I mean I used to be able to stick to diet for months then it kind of went to weeks and then it went to days. And Rebecca, I'm not joking, at the end before I gave up, it was like, I couldn't even do it for like an hour. Wow. It was, it was just, I wanted to just surrender. I didn't know what to do next. So I hired a coach and my coach like changed my life. But I've, everything I've learned since then, I've like developed my own program into what I wish I had had when I was at that point, like someone please help me. So that's what I do. Ah, it's so powerful. And I wanna hear more about like where you were in a second, but I know that you and I connected on such a deep level too, because we both had this struggle. And I think that so many of us, you know, we feel like as women that we have to be perfect and we can't share these kinds of things with the world, especially in, you know, our, our industry, right. Where we're coaches or professionals, you know, people have these struggles that, you know, it's not talked about enough. And I think that the beauty is that, you know, social media, uh, you know, is obviously very much a, a facade and people can show the best of themselves. And so that's obviously contributed a lot to this problem, but I have seen a trend lately, which I'm really grateful for where women are coming out and actually showing like, hey, hey, here's my body not posed. Here's what I actually look like. Here's the picture I didn't post. And I love that because it's like, takes off that pressure of feeling like we have to be perfect. You know, um, celebrities, all of these, you know, pictures that we see so often are just, you know, so perfect. And you, and, and you feel like as much, especially in this industry, the personal development space, when you're really working on yourself, it can get a little bit disheartening because you spend a lot of time working on your growth and your development. And I know for me, as a result, I was so immersed in that, that I sort of let my, my physical body go for a little while. Cause I was so working on just, you know, healing and whatnot. And I know that they're intertwined, but you know, that's, that's something that I've seen a lot. So what do you, what do you see in the industry and how do you, um, how do you feel about that? So I have a lot to say about this. The first thing I'm going to say is actually only this morning, I had someone reach out to me and she sent me a screenshot from her phone of this woman from Instagram. And you know, one of those apps where you can like make things smaller and then make like stretch your mm -hmm. yes. and make you. 
this woman had very, very clearly done this, like almost to the point where it didn't look like a, like a normal physical body because it was so morphed into small waist, big bum. And this, oh, this young lady said, you know, how can I stop wanting to look like this person? And it broke my heart because she honestly had no clue. I mean, she's a younger girl, like she's in her early 20s. She had no clue that that wasn't even real. Mm. And I, when I used to do fitness modeling in the past, when I was fully emerged in the, you know, weight loss and all the abs and the fitness to the extreme that, you know, I love fitness now, but it wasn't healthy then. I would go to these fitness modeling events like Body Power, it's called in England, where, you know, you have a stand and you stand there like wearing not much at all and you give out supplements and all these things. And the women that I saw there, they didn't even look like themselves on social media. Wow. And that was, I mean, I never really, even before my development journey I never really used filters I never used the image enhancing apps purely because of the reason if someone saw me Mm. in real life because I was still very external orientated then I wouldn't want them to think oh god she doesn't look anything like her social media but these women didn't look anything like but it's so damaging it is getting better as you've shared and, and again like it melts my heart when I go on, like I was looking for lingerie the other day and it was called Loungewear, the website. And I went on and there was women of all shapes and sizes with their stretch marks showing. And I brought from them purely because I was like, oh my gosh, there's an actual real women on here. Like it's definitely getting a lot better, but my vision, I don't think I've ever shared this vision with you, Rebecca, actually. My vision for the world in the realm of body image isn't to even be body positive. That is a huge movement that is so, so needed in this moment. However, imagine our bodies just being our bodies without them being an image at all. Mm. You know, without us having to stand in not having to, but at the moment, you know, women are being brave and putting themselves out there with the stretch marks and the rolls, which again, it's so needed. That's the first step for our world, I believe. But imagine just having a body and not having to like, be like, this is okay, because we know already that we're okay. And it's just a body to experience Mm. life through. And that's my vision. (laughs) Love that. I feel that so much and it's so true and we talk about this all the time but we are you know we are spiritual cosmic beings Mm -hmm. in this physical body and I do I I can't help but think that it's not a coincidence that you know our the the industry and just the the diet culture and all of that is taking us away just like a lot of these other things are taking us away from our true nature which mm-hmm. is the spiritual being that we are so if we're so focused on this outer shell right that we aren't going to show up fully for our purpose and our dharma and the reason that we're actually meant to be here and i know for me i have struggled with that a lot you know and i think that a lot of our our listeners probably do as well um, just because this is this is rampant in you know in in a lot of women that I know who are absolutely beautiful. You can see them radiating with light and love and positivity, and they're keeping themselves small because 
they, they don't feel like they fit that mold or they don't feel like their body is perfect or that their makeup looks, you know, all of these things. So what advice would you give for someone who is in that position where they're, you know, they're struggling with that? Oh gosh, absolutely. So I've got two questions. The first one is to you and to everybody listening, who would you be without ever having the thought ever again of, I need to lose weight? Just let that land for a moment. Like, who would you be if the thought never crossed your mind, I need to lose weight? Like, mm -hmm. I know that seems so completely unreachable right now, but that's the first thing. Because if you imagine, first of all, a life without wanting to keep seeking this body or seeking this weight loss. And of course, the only reason we manipulate our food is because we want to change the way our body looks. If our body, this is the second question, just to get, you know, the juices flowing with your thoughts. If your body, everybody listening right now, if your body in this moment, how she is today, would never, ever, ever change, no matter what you didn't eat, what you ate, what exercise you did or didn't do, it never changed how would you show up differently for your health and for yourself in your life? Mm. Like, I mean, again, just sit with that for a minute. Like, for example, if your body would never change, would you honestly, and I'm going to use the word chocolate because that was my thing, <laughs> would you honestly think, do you know what? All I would do is sit on the sofa all day and eat chocolate because my body's not going to change anyway. But you still have the feelings of how that would make you physically feel from a standpoint of digestion, energy, health, all of those things. The only thing is your body wouldn't physically change. So I guarantee you would start to take more care of yourself from a holistic perspective of intuitive living. So I don't teach intuitive eating specifically. It's something that I absolutely encourage and why don't I teach it specifically only intuitive eating? And that is because when women have been dieting for so many years, we have diet related trauma. And I am using the word trauma because, you know, trauma doesn't have to be extreme, you know, childhood abuse. Trauma can be going to the swimming pool when you was a child or a young adult and someone pointing at you or pointing at somebody else Mm. At looking at their body that's trauma for all of us and so if we just start to come back to ourselves intuitive eating with a diet brain doesn't work so what I mean by that is intuitive eating is listening to your body eating when you're physically hungry and stopping when you're full mm. but what happens when because we're human what happens when, as we're on this relationship to get to know ourselves and our body, that we eat when we're not hungry just because we want to taste the brownie? What happens if we're distracted or emotional or for any other reason because and we eat past fullness? Then our diet brain will think, oh no, I've failed at intuitive eating. So then I'll start intuitive eating again tomorrow. So our diet likes to make it into a diet. Everything that it can the intuitive eating diet, the try not to binge eat diet, the don't emotional eat diet. Dieting is not an action. It's a state of mind. Mm. So towards the end of like, you know, when I work with clients one-to-one -one in a group coaching environment, towards the end of our work together, 
you will be making nutritious choices from a non-diet perspective if health is a value of yours it doesn't have to be because health is not a moral issue either mm. so the answer to your question i feel like i did go off on a little bit of a a tangent away hey. from the question the advice of what i would give someone who was struggling with their body image right was that the specific mm -hmm. question yes would be to ask those two powerful questions that i asked you at the beginning and then to do okay i'm going to give you three tips number one is a mirror ritual and this can be so uncomfortable but nothing good happens outside of your inside of your comfort zone so it's about pushing those boundaries of your comfort zone, but holding your own hand along, you know, whilst you're doing the thing. So bring self-compassion into it always. So what I want you to do is um, set up a sacred environment. So if you have kids or whatever, like if you can lock the door or wait till they're in bed, so you feel safe, like in the environment that you're in and go to a full length mirror, if you can, start naked if that's too much for you you know even start in clothes or underwear whatever you can feel you can master to start with dim the lighting i used to put candles on like some soft music and then stand in front of the mirror and start from the top of your head and go down to the bottom of your toes and send apology and love to every single part of your body that you have rejected in the past and there'll be tears you might think this is stupid. You know, I've been there. I used to think, well, I'm not doing that. But my coach recommended it to me. And of course, I, you know, I'd invested in myself. I wanted to heal. So I was going to, I trusted her. I moved forward with like blind trust for her and it worked. And so do that at least once a week to begin with. And there's something healing about spending time with yourself. You don't have to like what you see because that isn't going to happen first thing. You know, we, when we work together, we start with body neutrality, body acceptance, and then body love. And it will go in those stages, but you can't go from never wanting to look at yourself or picking yourself apart to, oh, I just absolutely love my body. Like it, you know, it is a bit of a stage, a stage process you have to go through. But number one would be that mirror ritual, spending time with yourself, sending apology and love and gratitude like for example my arms I used to have a hang up about my arms because I have big arms and now I love the fact that I have big arms about it my fiance comments all the time about my big arms which is completely fine and I used to really not like them so when I started this ritual I'd be like okay I'm so sorry for like rejecting you and for covering you up in long sleeves when it was really hot and I just wanted to feel the sun on you. Mm. But I'm so grateful for you because you get to hug your loved ones. Like imagine if you literally had no arms, seriously, like even if like, if you imagine you have no foot, like you can't, it's crazy. We take who we are for granted. So mm. it just really helps to come back to gratitude. So that's, that was, that's the first tip. The second tip for body image, I've got loads, so I'm just gonna choose wisely. Number two is exposure therapy. It's spend, I know I shared this, shared this one with you before, Rebecca. It's spending as much time naked as possible. Not, not necessarily looking at yourself in the mirror, but just being naked. Because what I used to do is have a shower. Like if Walter came in, I would be so annoyed that he would be seeing me naked in the shower. How dare he? I don't feel safe. I feel exposed. 
because I was ashamed of my body. The second I'd get out of the shower, I'd like wrap the towel around me. If I was on the beach, I would like, you know, quickly wrap it around me so no one saw me. So if we're constantly showing our bodies that we're ashamed of them, even in our own personal space with nobody there, what's that telling yourself? Because every cell of your being is listening all the time. And also actions speak louder than words. So if you're covering and hiding yourself all the time, even if you're on your own, especially because you're on your own, your body's going to contract and feel that there's something wrong with her. Mm. So just be with yourself naked. Like I clean naked in the summer when it's hot. I do <laughs> yoga naked. I work out naked and just have a sports bra on. I know it sounds totally weird, but that really helps to build and continue to build the relationship with my body. Cause I see her from all angles, like not necessarily in the, in the mirror, but of course, when you're sitting down and moving around, you just spend time with yourself. Mm. Number three, it's going to come to me. Number three. Okay. Number three is the, probably the most difficult one is we're talking about comfort zones. And I know Rebecca always talks about going outside of your comfort zone. That's how you elevate your life, right? Is to connect with yourself and think of the most scariest thing that you would have to do in the realm of body image. So for example, when I was really struggling and I first started my journey, the worst case scenario for me would have been to like walk down a catwalk in underwear, which is probably what most people's nightmare would be. So yeah, so obviously you're not gonna just go and find a catwalk and do that, but if you connect with, I mean, it might be something different to you, listen, it might be something simple as, you know, wear a tight dress and go to a party, whatever that is to you, figure out what the scariest thing um, for you is and then how can you take a step towards doing that because again don't forget we're taking care of ourselves along the way we're not just putting you in front of the bus so to speak because the anxiety that you would feel would outweigh the growth you would receive from expanding yourself outside your comfort zone so say for example like mine was walking down a catwalk in in, a, in my underwear the closest thing to that for me in my environment was going on holiday in a bikini without dieting before without mm. doing a 12 week shred or whatever else I used to do before the holiday like I legit used to book a holiday count down the amount of weeks work out how many pounds I could lose within each week <laughs> And then when I used to mess up, I used to like count the weeks again and then be like, right, if I'm even stricter, then I can lose the same amount of weight in a shorter amount of time, completely takes over your life. So what I did is I booked a holiday, promised myself, I'm just going to show up. I was scared as hell, by the way, like this was not an easy thing for me at all. I got to holiday, was freaking the F out. And I was like, you know what, what would my higher self do right now? I'm choosing to step into food and body freedom. I'm at the start of my journey. I know I've got a bit of the way to go, but knowing that I'm not going back to what I used to do, which basically caused me disordered eating, low self-esteem, or I've been down that path. I know exactly where that path leads. The best case scenario, that path would get me a smaller body. 
and then I've got to live in disordered eating and anxiety for the rest of my life. I don't choose that anymore. So I'm in the bikini, in the in the hotel room, and I just connect to my higher self. And she's like, you would just go out and wear the bikini and just be. So I did that and I took care of myself along the way. And the more you do the things that you think you can't do, when you do them and nothing bad actually happens, your subconscious minds is kind of like, oh, no one died. I'm still here. That was actually not as bad as I thought, because again, don't forget the, the thought of the fear is worse than the fear itself, mm. always. And we can sit in that fear and we can sit in that anxiety. Whereas if we actually just do the thing, it's done. So my third tip is to connect with what you're scared of. What's the closest action you can take to get in towards that thing that you're scared of without the anxiety overtaking the growth you're going to experience? And just keep doing that every day, every week, every month. And then before you know it, you will be living in body freedom. And then, yes, you might have times where, you know, a time hop photo will come up of your old body. And isn't this funny how that happens? And you see this photo from a year or two ago and you think, oh my gosh, I would do anything to look like that. But at the time when the photo was taken, you thought you were fat and you wanted to lose weight. And so that just is proof that it's all in the mind as well. So you might get triggers along the way. We live in a fat phobic world. Society is what it is. Culture is what it is. It is getting slowly better but that's the reality of the world we live in. So what do you choose? Do you choose recovery? Do you choose freedom? Nature celebrates diversity. Mine and Rebecca's bodies, although very similar in shape, are different. My body is completely different to my fiance's family. They're very, very small boned. And I used to joke that when I sat next to them, I think my legs like the size of their whole body. <laughs> And that's fine as well, because we are who we are. And once we show up as ourselves, exactly as we are in any moment, that's freedom mm. to me. Oh, that was so good. Thank you. I'm just receiving that. And yeah, I, I just, I love that you brought up all of that. And thank you so much for sharing those tips, because I know for me that I, you know, we've known each other for quite some time now. And we've talked about a lot of these things and I've practiced these in my own life. And, you know, this, this shows up for us in so many different ways where we lack that body confidence. We lack that self-love, you know, and I think that not many of us walk around saying things like, Oh, I just don't have any body positivity, or I don't just, I just don't have any self-love. That's not how it shows up in our life. And <laughs> the way it shows up in our life is not doing the live, not showing up confidently to the meeting. You know, most of the people that are attracted to my work are, you know, sales professionals and entrepreneurs, people who have to show up for other people, right? And they need to do that confidently. And so this shows up by us wanting to hide, like you said, wearing the long sleeves, you know, looking awkward in front of other people because it's 90 degrees and you have a long sleeve. I remember being that way too. Mm -hmm. And I love that you brought up, you know, the fact that a lot of times this can stem from, you know, childhood trauma. And, and that's exactly where it typically does, you know, knowing uh, the research that I've done into the world of NLP and 
and looking at how our minds get programmed to this stuff, you know, it's extremely important to kind of recognize that and start to get curious about your life. Why is it that you're not showing up confidently? Why is it that you look back on, you know, like you said, a time hop photo of you two years ago and you wish that you were there, but you remember feeling fat in the picture, you know, and recognizing that it is all in the mind. And the fact that it's all in the mind, is actually a good thing. That means that we can shift it. That means we can transform it and that we can change it, right? And I think that that's, that's where the hope lies because we want to show up confidently. And I believe the same thing that you said with that real freedom and having that ability to show up as who it is that you are, you know, each of us have our own energetic signature, right? And there are people in this world that are going to advance their life and elevate their life as a result of us showing up as the highest version of us, right? And we're not going to be able to do that if we don't work through these these things, right. And have that body confidence. And I remember what the first tip that you said about looking in the mirror. And I remember doing that and guys, just so you know, too, I mean, you're not gonna be able to see us because you're, (laughs) this is a podcast, but uh, we're going to give you all Victoria's information. I mean, Victoria is to anyone that would look at her Instagram or look at any of her pictures. I mean, she's absolutely stunning. She's, her body is ridiculous. Like any, like I would like love to have her body and she, you know, was scared to show up. Right. So it's just, it goes to show you, and you guys all probably know someone who's like that. I know plenty of people, my eating disorder was, um, you know, kind of, that was a familial thing. My, my mom had an eating disorder. She still struggles with some of that. You know, I have other family members and things. So it's like, And it's interesting because you'll look at people and be like, wow, I can't believe she's not, you know, she feels that way about herself. Like she's absolutely stunning. Other people would die to have her body, right? I mean, literally they would do anything, you know, people pay hundreds of thousands of dollars and and sometimes more than that to to look certain ways, you know? So I I love that. Thank you for bringing all of that up because I think it's extremely valuable, right? Of course. And what helped me as well is going from like, so if you're on this personal development journey and you're struggling with your body image and you're wanting to move forward to body freedom and you're struggling to do it for yourself, move from me into we. So Mm -hmm. when I was to, you know, and I say towards the end of my recovery, recovery never stops. It's an ongoing journey. But when I was moving towards the end of my first bout of recovery, as I was starting to share this work with others, if I had like a body image trigger, I was doing it for you who is listening right now, who needs me to share this message with the world. So it wasn't even about me anymore. And it used to show up in my life, like through intimacy, through sex. So I would want the light off and I'd want to wear something. So my body was covered and I was pretending it was to be sexy when it wasn't, it was to try and hide my stomach roll or whatever, right? And there's one really important thing I wanna share about not just having a sexual um, intimacy relationship, but with anyone that sees you in the world, your friends, your family, strangers, that people, when they look at you, they are not judging you for how you judge yourself. So, so often, if we're so in our heads and we're constantly thinking like mine was, oh my gosh, my legs are so big. I just decide that everyone's looking at me thinking I've got big legs, but I'm only thinking that people are judging me because I'm judging that about myself. So in the bedroom, 
I'm deciding that, oh, he's going to see this role or I can't do this position because of this and because of that. He's not even seeing any of that because he sees me from his eyes. I see Rebecca from my eyes and she sees me from her eyes. So whatever we think people are judging about us, they're actually not. You're just judging it about yourself. Mm. So just have moved forward with that freedom of even if it's so uncomfortable, even if you think he or she is judging this about me right now, your thoughts are not facts. That is not the truth. Mm. So just come back to what do I choose? Do I choose to be anxious and worried about this, this and this and not really be living in the moment, whether it's during sex, whether it's during lying on the beach in the sun, having fun with your friends, like it's, you always, always have a choice. So what do you choose? Mm, I love that. That's so powerful. And, and it, it really is about a choice and it really is wanting to, and I love that you brought up in the world, in, in the world of NLP, we talk about how, um, per, uh, projection is perception. And mm. so other people are, you know, you're just, other people are projecting their own limitations, their own thoughts, their own judgments, their own distortions onto you. And then we're also doing that onto other people, just like you just said. And, you know, this can show up in many different ways where, you know, when it comes to, especially like in business, you know, if you are trying to like, let's say you're, you're working on closing a sale or you're looking on, you know, signing a new client or something like that. If you have limitations in yourself that you have not reframed, you're not going to be able to reframe those in other people. Right. So this can, this can actually go into many different, uh, many different directions. And so if you think that, you know, you're like, let's say you have, uh, some underlying belief that, you're not, you're not good enough. And so you're not good enough. You can't show up in the bikini, but you also aren't going to be able to show up in the meeting, right? Because you're not going to show up as good enough, or you're not going to show up as worthy, or you're not going to show up as, you know, being able to be safe in your own body. So it's very interesting how these things connect. Mm -hmm. And the more that you can develop that ability to know, to like, and to trust yourself, there's so much freedom on the other side of that. Right. And that's what it means to elevate your life. Because realistically, I believe that we were born as highly vibrational elevated beings you know we were made in the image of god the universe whatever your beliefs are right so we were born with no limits we didn't have these thoughts you know so when we were born i mean you see kids running around naked they're not self-conscious are you kidding me i have a 15 year old <laughs> she did not care about what anybody thought about her running around in a diaper taking her diaper off because it was annoying and throwing yeah. it to the side like kids do not care they don't right it's when we pick up these traumatic experiences, these negative emotions, these limiting beliefs, this baggage that we talk about as, you know, we go through life and it's not till typically about seven or eight where we develop what's called that critical faculty in our mind where we can start to analyze things. And that's where, when you go to the pool, if you go to the pool as a two-year-old and someone says, oh, your little chubby belly, you're not going to take that as a big deal because, oh, okay, I do have a cute little chubby belly, no big deal. But when you're seven, eight, nine, and someone says, oh, you know, you're looking a little chubby in that bathing suit, 
that's where we begin to accept that as our reality, right? So we know that something happens and then the meaning that we assign to it is what stays with us. So it's really important. So if somebody did have that belief where maybe they adopted that at some point and they were at the pool, you know, or like something happened in their life where somebody commented and they made it mean something about themselves or their body or that it isn't safe to show up. It's not safe to be me. It's crazy the beliefs that we will adopt simply by one traumatic thing that happens as a child, right? I mean, it literally shows up. You and I have done this deep, deep, deep internal work. And it's like, oh my God, I can't believe I made that decision that I am unworthy or it's not safe to be seen because of something that happened when I was five. I literally can't believe that that, you know, that that stems from that, but, but most of the time it does. And once we do that internal work, that's where we find that. But if someone had that belief, like, let's say that, you know, it's not safe to be seen or, um, you know, one of these things where someone had come up and commented on their body and now they feel like that shame still is there. What would you recommend doing to help them to overcome that belief so that they can show up in the world confidently? They can show up as themselves. Cause I know you've been able to do it. Like you went from literally what you just were explaining to us to now guys, if you watch her, I mean, she radiates light. Like it's crazy the amount of confidence that you exude. And I know you're still a work in progress because we all are, but looking at you, you would never be able to see that you struggled with these things. So it's clear that you've been able to overcome them. Thank you, Rebecca. And yeah, just quickly before I go into that, the only reason I'm showing up so confidently is because I stopped giving a, can I swear? Of course you can. <laughs> I stopped giving a shit what people thought of me. When I started my videos, I'd be like, oh, I don't like that. My skin looks this. I mean, I stopped thinking about the me and I turned to the we. So I show up as I am. I get words wrong. I say sentences wrong. Like I don't care about how I deliver it as long as I'm giving it from my heart, my soul. And it's understandable for the for you that's listening. So the only reason I am confident is because I don't care how people see me anymore. However, as Rebecca just said, oh my gosh, the amount of, and this isn't just for me, this is with the women I work with, maybe the listener listening now, it's not just one traumatic event in the realm of body image. It's so many through hundreds and thousands of traumatic events throughout our lives. And then we sit and wonder as an adult, like why we don't feel confident about ourselves. So I will absolutely go into how I deal with that. But the two things that stuck out for me, it's so interesting, Rebecca, that you just brought that up about the age, like six to seven, because the first traumatic event I remember, I was trying on, there seems to be a theme of swimsuits in this in this conversation. <laughs> but I, was, I was trying on swimsuits with my mom and my auntie and I used to do this thing when I was a kid. So I used to like blow my belly out like as far as I could to see how big I could get my belly. And I used to find that so fun and fascinating. And I remember being like, mom, mom, look at this. And I blew my belly out like really, like I was trying to look like Winnie the Pooh. That's what I was trying to do. Aww. And she said to me, and you know, I'm, of course I'm never blaming my mom. She took it as I was saying something else. Like she took, she decided that I wasn't happy with how my tummy was sticking out and so at like six years old um she said oh you need to stop eating so many sweets and if, if that bothers you and then I remember turning to the mirror 
And I was so confused. The little me was like, oh. And I just, my heart breaks for her because she was so confused and she didn't know what that meant. And that was the moment when I decided I need to change my body in order to get a love from my mom. Mm. I mean, of course, our child brain, this is why inner child work is what I do with my clients. I'm not a licensed therapist, but from the work I've done through my coaching certification and through myself, we actually go back and do a lot of inner child work around situations like I've just described because the six-year-old me made up the story to protect myself because it's all coming from love from a protective mechanism that we have okay in order to be loved I need to like make my tummy smaller then and then the next thing that happened when I was I think nine my grandma said to me your legs are like tree trunks and then I was like oh maybe there's something wrong with my legs then and then you know, each little thing over and over again. And of course, every time something happens, as Rebecca said, our little brain makes a story up around that to protect ourselves. So then you decide, unless I'm small, I'm not worthy. And whatever it is that you decide, you know, it's all to protect yourself. So what I would recommend from that is, number one, have a release session with Rebecca. (laughs) Because I've had this around money, and let me tell you, it has never been the same again in such a positive way. So have a release work with Rebecca, I'm being serious, around this, because Rebecca's an expert in actually releasing these emotions around these situations. Um, But it's inner child's work and going back to those times and giving yourself the love, the acceptance that you needed when that was happening when you were a child. And then you can rewrite, I can't say my R's when I say rewrite, (laughs) then you can rewrite your own story. And you know, it's going to be uncomfortable because you've told this story, this limiting story, the limiting beliefs, for however many years, our brain is physically, it's on, a, it's on a physical level as well. Our brain is physically wired to, for example, look in the mirror and think, I can't wear that. I look fat in this. It automatically goes to that because that's what it's done for however many years. So with the release work, the compassion, the self-love, the inner child work, the reframing your thoughts to positive ones. And again, with body image, I start with neutrality because if you're standing in front of the mirror with the affirmations like, I am beautiful. And you're like, I absolutely do not believe that at all. So this is stupid. It's not going to work. So we start with, there's a wheel of emotion. um, And that's from Abraham Hicks. I know you've heard of um, that, the spirit identity, Rebecca. Um, and that's a, that's a great exercise you can do. So what you do is you draw a circle on the page and then you make it look like a clock face. So you've got like six or 12, however many you want to do, like little segments, almost like a pie. Let's go with food. Let's, let's use the pie analogy. And let's say, for example, you look in the mirror and the most common thought that comes up for you is, Ugh, I look horrible. So you'd write that at the top of your page. So I look horrible. And then the most opposite thought to I look horrible that you would want to believe would be, let's say, for example, I look amazing. Then you'd write that at the bottom of the page. However, as I just shared, there's no good standing in the mirror saying I look amazing when you don't believe it in the slightest. There's too much resistance against your belief system. 
And so um, the manifestation, babe, she calls it the bridging, bridging beliefs or something like that. So all of us in this, in this realm use this. I use it this way with body image. Then what you would do in your six or 12 segments of the pie, you would start off with a completely neutral thought. For example, I have a body. And you'd look at the mirror and you'd think, can I believe that I have a body? Yes, I, it's a fact, I have a body. So that I believe that, okay, good. The next segment of the pie, what can you say or think to yourself that's either the same or a little bit more up the high vibrational scale that's a bit further on than I have a body? So maybe my body is healthy. Do I believe that? Check in with your belief system. Yeah, I believe that. And what we're doing here, as you can imagine, we're going around the circle. We're getting as close to I look amazing as possible, but it's still in the realm of possibility for you. So it might, the last thought that you write down might only be something like, I look okay, right? So yes, you're not amazing yet, but the law of attraction, I think it's 17 seconds. If you spend mm -hmm. 17 seconds on one thought, like I have a body, you will attract by the law of attraction, a same or higher vibrational thought to go around that wheel. And so the more you do this, the, the higher vibrational you'll be. And then of course we all know whatever we focus on, we get more of. So if you've gone from, I look horrible to, I look okay, that's better, that's a start. And then from, I look okay, where are you then gonna get to? So it's all about you know pushing your belief system, but it's got to be in the realm of possibility. Like when Rebecca was doing money work with me, if I said to Rebecca, I'm going to earn 150,000 this, this year. It, when I first started with Rebecca, I wouldn't have, it's too far away for me. So then I chose, I think it was 50. And when we get to the end of the year, that's what it's gonna be. I'm already on, well on the way to there. But that fell out of my comfort zone, but kind of like, exciting in the realm can it work can it not like that kind of nervous excitement was there so then you'd and then of course when this happens this year my next year will be bigger and better because I can believe that that can come true for me so it, it can take time but you'll be surprised at how quickly things can change and things can happen Mm, I love that. Yeah. And I think Catherine calls it the ladder of believability where That's you're building on it. And it is so true because you are like, it's interesting. And, and I love that you talk about the, the release work and the inner child work. And, you know, some of these things are, are not necessarily easy. And, you know, it's one of, that's why most people are walking around unhealed and not able to show up as their full and authentic selves, right? Living their dharma, living their purpose, because most people aren't willing to do the inner work, but we know if you're here listening to these episodes that you, that means that you are willing to do that work because you wouldn't be listening to a podcast about elevating your life and raising your vibration if you weren't interested in doing what it takes to get there. And so we, I, I appreciate you so much. I mean, this conversation has been so wonderful and I know that our listeners are going to find so much value in this because this applies to everything that we do, whether it's wanting to show up and, you know, make better connections with your audience or make better connections with your clients or your friends or your, your husband, your wife, you know, whatever it is, your family, it doesn't really matter. 
this is vital, right? And working on that self-love, working on being able to show up confidently. I mean, I know for me, if there are other mothers or fathers who are listening, like this, that that's what struck me was I know that I picked up a lot of my beliefs from watching my mom and she's amazing. Again, like you said, there's no blame here and there never will be. I love my mom. She didn't, she didn't mean to pass any of that. She was going through her own stuff. And so, but I remember like at one point recognizing, holy shit, I'm going to be passing these things on to my daughter if I don't change. Right. And it wasn't actually until later in her life that I started down the personal development journey. So I actually had some unwinding and release work that I needed to do with her. Thank God I, you know, have the ability to uh, utilize the modalities that I do because my daughter is like extremely woke and she's extremely uh, far beyond her years now. She always has been, but there's a literal deeper level when you start to go into this stuff and release because it's, it's so funny when you even hear her talking about her friends and people her age versus, and then she's analyzing the situation and giving feedback as to, you know, what she would do in this scenario. And I'm like, most adults don't even speak like that. So this work is extremely, extremely powerful. It really is. And I am so thankful that you were able to share your love, your light, your wisdom with our listeners. Cause I know they found a lot of value just like I did. I learned something every time we talk and I appreciate you so much for that. So I'd love to just kind of wrap it up. But before we do that, I want to just ask, uh, so if anyone is interested in your work, wanting to learn more from you, where do you hang out most? Where can they find you? And just give us a little bit of information around that. Yeah, for sure. First of all, I'm celebrating each and every one of you who is listening today for showing up, for doing the work. So I just want to just give my love and celebration to you first and foremost. And I'm on Instagram and Facebook as Victoria Kleinsman. And the way you spell Kleinsman, I'm sure Rebecca will link everything down. Yes. Um, but it's it's not I before E, it's E before I in the way you spell Kleinsman. <laughs> and my website is victoriakleinsman.com. And as you can probably tell, Rebecca and I love to connect. So if you have any questions or you just want to say hi, I go and see my DMs personally. So I would always reply, usually with a voice note. So you'll get a reply from me. And Rebecca, I think, I feel that we should, if listeners are loving this, for them to screenshot it and share it on their story with hashtag I love me, as in not me, as in themselves when they're writing I love me. So what do you think about that? Sharing. I love that. Yeah, I love that. Take a screenshot and tag us both. So yes. at Victoria Kleinson and at Rebecca Kiger, and definitely make sure that, you know, you're, you're putting that hashtag. I love that. I love me because realistically, if you don't love you, then, you know, how can we expect other people to love you? Right. It's just, it's just the way that it works. And so I love that working on building your, your, your no like, and trust of yourself is so, so vital in getting ahead and raising your vibration. And that's what we're here for, right? Is to raise the vibration of the collective, to let go of all of those things that have been holding us back our whole lives. And I know Victoria and I are so passionate about that. We do it in different capacities, as you can see, but the mission is still the same. We want to help you return to your truest self, your, the elevated version of you that you were meant to be from the very beginning that you know is there and that there are things in the way right now, but we are here to help. So thank you so much for tuning into this episode. Thank you again, Victoria. 
for joining us. And I can't wait to hear you guys feedback. And until next time, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for tuning in to this entire episode today. If you enjoyed this podcast, would you do me a favor and leave a quick review? This allows me to reach more people. And if you found value, others will too. Also be sure to share this episode with your loved ones, because I believe that when one of us rises, we all rise. And if you're looking to connect on a deeper level than this podcast can allow, consider joining my brand new Elevate You Inner Circle free Facebook community so we can elevate even higher together. Let's continue to rise. I'll see you next time. Thank you.